So here is the big question. How do entrepreneurs like us, who started sales or direct selling or network marketing, how did we start our journey but now feel stuck, feel like we're struggling or we can't level up to where we want to be, where we know we can be? How do we break through and prove everybody wrong? Everybody wrong. Show ourselves that we are successful and show ourselves that we can win. That is the big question and this is the podcast that will give you the answers. My name is Lisa Hawker, and this is Direct AF Sales. Welcome back to the show. I am really looking forward to having you guys listen in to Philip and Ash. They are hilarious and um, super smart. They are the founders of the Level Up Academy the creators of Captivate and Influence. It's a program where they help aspiring coaches who don't know where to start, understand their self-sabotaging habits. I hate those self-sabotaging habits, don't you? They help you realize your unstoppable confidence and they help you put yourself out there with a clear and attractive offer based on your strengths and interests. So they've previously spent time exploring their own strengths and interests, pursuing a broad range of career experiences from biomedical research to engineering, fitness coaching, and property investment, but they soon moved on to solving more complex problems as their top-tier business consultants for over 10 years. They realize that their true strengths lay in coaching their peers, their colleagues, and their clients in areas of confidence and communication. And those areas are just so important, aren't they? So this led them to start their academy. And their academy lets them use their strengths to help people feel unstoppable, uncover their unique value, and finally kick off their own side hustle or business which is going to make them feel fulfilled. So welcome to the show. And so you guys met in the corporate consulting world. Is is that right? Or did you meet in the fitness industry? And that's kind of, a, it's, we actually met in, in the corporate consulting world. Okay. That is, uh, okay. that is what happened before the corporate consulting <laughs> shenanigans. Yeah, no, I'm saying, so I was going to say, that was a whole thing where, you know, we started off in a very different background to business. Like Phil, he started off in biomedical sciences. I mean, uh, bring it, bring it all the way back. I wanted to be a doctor, right? A medical doctor. And I, so I kind of pursued a pursued my studies in that way, got kind of didn't get into med school one time, didn't get into med school the second time, and then went into biomedical sciences and then decided I still wanted to become a doctor. So I did a PhD, <laughs> did a PhD in locusts, um, and like using locusts to, to work out, I mean, to, to see how vibration affects their legs. Cause that's what we need in this world. Right? <laughs> We need to know how how locusts are capable of walking on vibration plates. <laughs> I mean, all jokes aside, it was supposed to be looking at whether locusts could could be used as models for um, to to uh, do experiments on kind of on muscles and and how muscles. We wanted to translate the findings we have there into human muscle, but 
the outcome of that PhD was you can't use locusts to like to to, to translate re findings into humans. Uh, you know, in case you didn't know that already, <laughs> but the <laughs> but hey, I got the PhD and I got the doctorship, and it's not as um, it's not as great as as people make it out to be. It's a massive anticlimax. So let me ask you, Ash, do you get to call him doctor? I, I do not. I, th I think you've been called doctor like once throughout the entire time I've known you. And like Phil had, so it was interesting, Phil had in his signature at work, Dr. Philip, right? So, but no one recognized that he was doctor until I think it was like, I don't know, maybe like uh, six months or so before we left, someone realized Oh, Phil, you have a PhD. <laughs> Since when? I think it's not that no one realized. I think no one believed it. <laughs> <So> <laughs> they wanted to ask me where I bought it. <laughs> okay. Take us back to the beginning, you guys. Let's talk about the Level Up Academy, where you guys met, and your general background. Yeah. So we, uh, yeah, as Phil said, you know, he came up from PhD, then joined into business consulting. Contrarily, I, I became an engineer then didn't want to do engineering and then came into business consulting. And uh, that's where that's where we met. Uh, it was on our first project. Well, my first project. You were there for a little while. But uh, yeah, that's where we met. We were in this town called Swindon uh, in the UK. For any of your British li listeners, they will know that it's in the middle of nowhere with very, very few things there, maybe like three restaurants. And we were, we were there Monday to Friday, staying in a hotel and working on that side of things. But anyway, that was our kind of corporate life, which we lived for almost four years. And I think during, you know, sometime during there, we, we got into the space of innovation and understanding how you know, the world is evolving into a stage where there's lots of new things coming on board. And we were like, you know what, we want to do something for ourselves too. Just didn't know what it was. So we, we decided to, um, we had a massive whiteboard back at our work. So we would, we would put meetings in, like, you know, not, like, not necessarily during work time, but just afterwards, put meetings in, in our diary to be like, let's go into this room. We'll, we'll, we'll ideate, brainstorm what we want to do. So we had a bunch of different ideas, but like Phil was saying before offline, very few skills in, in those ideas that we wanted to, uh, wanted to explore. Other than talking and like confidence and being able to kind of talk with confidence. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, some of these ideas, in case any of your, any of your listeners are keen for some ideas to start a business, one of them was a, was it there like a community, was community app for, for, uh, nannies? Uh, yeah. there was a, there was a, a hot plate for coffee machines. Yeah. There was also all sorts of inventions that we've got That's listed great. somewhere, uh, that we will revisit at some point that are great. They're wacky, as wacky as you can imagine. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we were, we were. We had many whiteboards at this place. We had quite a big one of the one of the top tier consulting firms in the UK, and we, as I said, we'd kind of scheduled these slots in to pull ourselves away from our, our kind of our projects. And often these were, you know, global pharmaceutical firms or kind of some of the top biggest companies in the in the UK. And we just had to put put a little meeting in because we knew that if we didn't put these meetings in, we would never have the time before 8 p.m. in the in, like, in the evening to to actually have a chat with any sort of energy. Yeah. So but then we'd end up sitting there until about 10, 11, until we actually got kicked out, just planning these businesses for kind of three hours. And it was great. Uh, and we just got really, really, really into it. And and I think that's really where it kicked off, right? Yeah. We were we we did love the kind of the business world 
and loved the the kind of working with people and we were working with in the teams that we were working with we often gravitated towards some of the more leadership roles and and kind of helping the junior staff quite quite um you know from a from an early stage and quite naturally being coaches or mentors to some degree so you know that's where yes we were planning out all these business ideas around product technology and realized we had no idea how to code i think i tried to learn how to code for about a month and uh, managed to managed to create some some image on an iphone and that's about it but the but so we decided to focus on on yeah, so we realized steps. phil could not be a coder so <laughs> abandoned that one very quickly <laughs> and instead we you know then we started kind of listening to lots of podcasts, YouTube videos, all that kind of stuff. And then we realized one of the things we needed to look for was what our strengths were as well, not just, you know, what's cool or what's interesting. So this is when we kind of went back to the roots of figuring it out. Actually, what we were good at was like coaching and mentoring people on different areas of, of life and business, all this kind of stuff. But something that we were overlooking was how easy it was for us to, you know, just stand up on stage and give a presentation go through slides like, you know, it doesn't, doesn't really matter. Talk in front of people um, and actually have a fitness routine that worked. <laughs> so we actually started off in that way and trying to then figure out, oh, we can be coaches. Actually, a lot of people struggle with these kinds of aspects. So then we started off the Level Up Academy and originally it was a fitness and healthy habits development um, type program that we, that we got people through. And, uh, and then over time, it it kind of streamlined itself into an area where a lot of people were getting, because we were so into the mindset and confidence side of things, a lot of people saw huge growth in that area. So they were like, oh, you guys should just, you know, do way, way more of this stuff, you know, give us way more about the mindset stuff. How can we become more confident? How can we, you know, get more productive during our days? And that's how we now reached into becoming confidence coaches instead. We part, yeah, we partnered that up with the the work that we were doing closer to the end of our time in the in the corporate consulting world. Yeah, was a kind of value proposition and kind of creating those those new ideas for the those those big companies, yeah. uh, working quite closely with their innovation teams and coming up with these new ideas, framing them and and really getting kind of deep and deep and nasty with the. Uh, with kind of the value that those offers would would give the customers, taking a really customer centric viewpoint. So that's where we have moved from that fitness into the confidence, and also tagging on that kind of clarifying your offer element. Mm -hmm. It's all around confidence and communication. Yeah. That marriage is is what we offer now, which is great. So you guys have a lot of education and probably quite a bit of money was spent on um, getting all of that education. So I'm curious, you know, how did your, fr your friends, your family, your coworkers, how did they react to the idea of you guys sort of giving up your professions, your careers um, to launch this sort of new adventure? What was their reaction? How did that go over? Was there a bit of like, you've got to be fucking kidding me. You're not serious, are you? <laughs> It's well, an ongoing thing. Can we get back to you on that one? Yeah. <laughs> Every time I speak to my mom, it's still a, you know, when are you going to get a real job? <laughs> yeah. Every, every time we speak to our parents and, and it's an ongoing, it is an ongoing debate, right? It's, it's a, you know, we love what we, what we're doing now. It's, there's the obvious ups and downs. Um, but 
there is a but it's it's really something that we also explore with our with our clients because we know that with the 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 podcast the youtube videos the books that we have read the kind of trainings that we've put ourselves through we are just we've discovered this whole new world i mean my my uh, my sibling, it, my my sister is a is a doctor. My younger brother's a kind of computer scientist. They're doing PhDs as well, but they are going down the more kind of either research or traditional routes, and they have no idea the uh, kind of about the entrepreneurial world or the, you know, even the coaching world. And I keep trying to talk to them about it, how kind of fruitful and rewarding and great it is, and they just have no idea. So. Yeah. You know, it's it, it is an ongoing battle, as I said. Uh, not not so much a battle. I mean, I think they've. Uh... It's like an understanding sort of thing, right? Like it, it was a it was a thing where when we decided to go full time into the thing, which actually we only went full time s- almost five months ago now, four or five months ago now. Until then, we were doing it as a side hustle. So at that time, everybody was. I find right there. There was yeah, right. the support. They're like, "Oh, right. you guys are exploring a hobby and getting paid for it. Great, good job. Go for it." Oh, Except so for our partners, cool. because we were working two jobs. Yeah, true. Our partners were not happy, <laughs> but but uh, other than that, everybody else was fine. It's only when we decided to say to people, "Look, we're going to quit our jobs and go full time," then they were like, "Oh, are you sure? Are you sure this is what you want to do? Is this the right step? Why don't you, you know, take a part time job? Maybe like." dial down your hours work compressed hours and do this part-time see how it goes but you know when we're talking about like how our energies are messed up and like you know, we can't focus and you know it's all this kind of stuff they wouldn't really understand right and our employers was i mean i think that was a whole different ball game but they they were surprisingly okay with um like supporting our entrepreneurship because i guess they were like well, if it fails, you'd probably come back. So. <laughs> they, they, yeah, I mean, there were multiple kind of there were like promotions being dangled in front of us and, and all of that. But we we did it boiled down to the question of do we want to pursue, do we want to work towards our own dreams or someone else's dream? Right. That yeah. that is really the, well, that's the core, the root, I think, of what we're. Well, the the decision was made really when we heard this that that quote, which was "Life is too short to work towards someone else's dream." And we kind of heard that and we were like, dude, holy shit, this is true. Yeah, <laughs> we can't, like, we can't just keep messing around with this. And if we're not going to do it now, our lives are only going to get harder. So we should just do it. <laughs> you got you to burn your bridges, right? Or burn the boats. Burn the boats, that's the right. That's, not the, bridges. that's the one, not the bridges. Behold the bridges, the boats. Burn the boats. <laughs> just burn it all. We're not just about... Just burn it all. Just... <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You know, I really want to compliment you guys, commend you guys for jumping in, um, for your excitement, for your positivity, for your fearlessness. I mean, so many people stop themselves from starting their entrepreneurial journey um, because of their fear of um, maybe what other people are going to think about them or their fear of failing, their fear of the unknown. Um, So... I'm just super proud of you guys and really happy that you're pursuing your, your dream. I re- re- really appreciate that. But yeah. one thing, one thing I'd say on that is, is that there's, it's not a fearlessness. It's the fear is there daily, right? The fear is you, know, you wait. I mean, there's always the, and it's, I mean, partly because it's something that we talk to our clients all about mm-hmm. and the fear of failure, the fear of judgment, the fear of rejection, the fear of the unknown. But I think when we, uh, when we were working the, the kind of the full-time job as well as our, the kind of the coaching practice on the side, there was a, 
there was a moment where we questioned our, you know, where our energy is going. And, and there was a kind of a frustration in, in, in the corporate world that we wanted to, we wanted to focus our time on what we were passionate about. And yet we kept being drawn to the, these kind of other projects and there was a frustration there and our energy was being drawn away. And so when we really dove deep into our vision, you know, where do we see us, ourselves in five years in 10 years time, it wasn't in this corporate world. You know, we, we have an ego that we want to satisfy and we, we have a, you know, our, we, what we love is working on our own projects and we weren't prepared to jump through the hoops of the, that we were expected to not, not in necessarily a negative way, but it just, it just because of this huge machine, this huge corporate machine, we'd have to jump through those hoops to work our way up. And yet there were so many people out there who were kind of absolutely smashing it in the, in the entrepreneur world, in the coaching world with uh, and and with similar skills if not lesser skills than we had so it was there was i mean that's one thing that kind of pushed us towards that but as i said you know there is a daily fear uh in or kind of one of our favorite sayings in the business is get comfortable feeling uncomfortable and damn is that true that was true you yeah know, when, when we were starting off and even nowadays there's always something there's always something new that comes up and you're like god damn it do i really yeah. have to do that like come on you really don't you really sometimes it just feels really uncomfortable you really don't want to do it all you want to do is put your feet up and and make the most of this free time you suddenly have but you know it's not free time because you need to put food on the table and all that and in terms of the fearlessness we there's another quote which i'm going to absolutely wreck do you know better about you the what? one about you know being or is it being brave is not about oh being courageous act, uh, being courageous is not about acting without fear it's about feeling the fear and acting anyway yeah so that's kind of the approach that we take now. The the fear is there. Like taking the leap from your your day to day, your nine to five, and into full time entrepreneurialism is a huge leap. Mm. And but I think that's what energizes us. Yeah, I mean uh, that, and also knowing that if we don't do it, we don't have food. So. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we are, we're probably in a privileged space, you know, yeah. we, we are we definitely in a privileged it, space where we, you know, we have a lot more security than a lot of people out there have. So it's, it, it is much easier. And I, you know, always marveled by people who are in, in much worse cases than we were, you know, completely, you know, are, are struggling to put the food on the table and, and just make an, you know, create this incredible business. We have been through our struggle, our struggle of, you know, not, necessarily feeling fulfilled but i think that's quite a that's quite a privileged struggle to be fair <laughs> so yeah in comparison yeah. but but you like you were saying Lisa, earlier about you know how you came from, from a similar kind of lawyer background and you you took the plunge in the same way it's uh, it's the same thing kind of for us was that fear was definitely there and we just thought it's kind of now or never right and you're right like a lot of entrepreneurs do kind of feel that fear and give up but then eventually, what we've at least seen from stories or whatever, it's like 10 years down the line, they'll be like, oh, do I, if I didn't do that back then, now I can't because I have so many other responsibilities that it's much, much bigger risk. And we didn't want to be in that position of thinking, what if, or why didn't we? And you know, feel that regret. Instead, it's like, let's just give it a go when we have fewer responsibilities on our plate. And if it fails, it fails, you know, but if we can fail forward and learn from it, then we'll be better for it. And then even if we do fail, at least we know we tried. I want to ask you guys about the terms um, failure and success. You know, they're, they're really important terms and they can be defined in so many different ways. I mean, 
what success means to me is likely different than what it means to each of you. We, we probably define it differently. And I think the same is true for failing. I mean, failing to me isn't, you know, when somebody tells me no or no thank you, failing to me is um, quitting. It's stopping. It's ending the entrepreneurial journey. Um, what do you guys think of that? That's it's yeah. It's actually kind of the same thing for us because we, you know, what, when we started, that was probably not the case. I think when we started, we would see failure in many steps of the way. Where, for example, you know, when we first started our own Instagram account, we'd be like, oh, if we went through a whole week and didn't gain a follower, we're like, oh my god, we're failing at this Instagram. Oh my god, life is you know, over. We like, shit, we better go get our jobs. Yeah, we're like, oh shit. Yeah, luckily we're in a part like part-time thing, otherwise we'll never make it. And even when we, I think even when we were trying to go full-time, even when you know rationally that you haven't failed until you've given up, sometimes the emotions that you would go through if something failed would, would still come up, right? Like, so you would go through, I think when we went for uh, full-time, we were suddenly putting so much more pressure on ourselves. So it'd be like, if we post an Instagram post, for example, again, it's, if we get not enough likes, we'd be like, oh my God, are we doing something wrong? Like, what is what has gone wrong here? No comments. Oh my God, what has gone wrong? What should we do? We're, you know, it's so, so yeah, I think when we started, there's probably like more points of failure for us, but now it's like an active decision to be like, well, if something doesn't really go as expected, that's okay. It's more like a learning curve rather than a failing point. <laughs> and it doesn't have to some, say something about us as individuals or as a business. Yeah, I think if you if you if you flip it on its head, and and then think about like, so how one thing? How do you react to failure? Mm. Um, it's how do you maintain positivity? Right in the in the face of failure or in the face of, of adversity, and and that take that that's hard, yeah. right? That is um, that requires discipline, kind of daily practice. Requires you to kind of keep that vision super clear, reevaluating re your goals, setting proper goals. You know, again, this is stuff that we we kind of work on with with the clients, but the there are structures to it, but it requires so much hard discipline every day to maintain that positivity maintain the the uh, the kind of the drive that originally encouraged you to, to take that leap and um, that once you kind of but once you get into that discipline get into that rhythm and there will be downs there will be moments where you fall all the time uh, but once you get into that rhythm then the, you start seeing these failures as almost just another complex problem to try and solve right okay it didn't work here let's let's move on and and uh, you know ash is quite right to basically we we you, your definition of failure is, is exactly our definition of failure the only time you ever really fail is when you give up on that dream on that vision yeah and i think if the the vision is rubbish then yes you can redefine redefining your vision is not giving up on the previous vision yeah right it's but if you give up on on the vision and just go back to comfort, go back to feeling uncomfortable, go back down that that easy route, then that that is what we see as failure, which is tough. But <laughs> you know, it's we're we're kind of the, we as I mentioned earlier, the pressure and the the kind of the buzz and the excitement and you know the feeling of feeling uncomfortable is what keeps us kind of keeps us going, keeps us getting out of bed. You know, we don't get, we, 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 sometimes we bounce out of bed because we're excited. Sometimes we bounce out of bed because we have to, uh, <laughs> but that, that positive pressure is, is, is good. 
when you're in a comfortable setting, you can see, I mean, we were in that corporate world where we were gaining weight. We were kind of you know, sitting, spending entire weekends, just watching Netflix and, and doing all that kind of stuff. And, and it's, yeah, having that positive pressure, I think is good to help you just keep growing, keep developing, keep evolving, and just keep that mind curious. Speaking of Netflix, just really quick, have you guys um, seen Squid Games? Holy shit. I mean, well, we were saying it's like, you know, the mind somebody has to have to create something like that is is insane. I heard a, I heard a, I don't know if you guys heard this conspiracy theory. Um, and I don't know, I'm not very good at names, but I don't, you, you guys will know who I'm talking about. But the lead character, there is a theory that the lead character is the son of the old guy. <gasps> What? No, I, I, don't, I need to find where this is, but some of the things are no, so. Like one, way. one for example, you know, at the start of the, um, at the start of the series, you get to know what the lead character's birthday is. Yeah. Um, and it's a particular date. I can't remember what it was. But then later on, when they're playing marbles, the old guy says, "Oh, this is the same day as my, um, as my my son my son my son's oh. birthday is in two days' time, and, oh. it was a, and it was a particular day." And there was a another moment where they were standing in line for the food and some guy, the, the old guy was saying, oh, you know, you must have been a naughty boy when you were younger. That's what my son was like, blah, blah, blah. There we go. So that's just, I mean, the guys, the, the video or the conspiracy theory is, is a lot more accurate online, but <laughs> damn. There we go. Wait. But speaking of discipline, wait. I was up till five. I was up till five a.m. watching. It was, <laughs> but, it was, but this is it. But it was so amazingly. Do- I say amazingly done, but to it was de- cliffhanger to, the, to, the, the to the detriment of my sleeping schedule. But the cliffhanger from episode I don't know three was in episode four, right? <laughs> so they, they, the cliffhangers were brutal. <laughs> you can't watch it. What you can't watch it. You can only watch it one way. That's back to actually, yeah. That they, oh, um, the, 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 you're, you're spot on. That was another Areas. part of that part of that theory. So, okay, so I am definitely going to have to put in the beginning of the episode that there is like a spoiler alert <laughs> for anybody who's currently watching Squid Games. Um, be forewarned, there might be a little bit of a spoiler alert in this. But so I want to talk to you guys about what's next. What is going on next for you that is, you know, a challenge or something that's going to push you into your next uncomfort zone? Oh, yeah. This um, Well, what we're working on right now is to get, um, we're trying to figure out how to run corporate workshops. Um, so, so far, we've been working one-to-one with individuals, um, but we want to take a portion of what we teach to our clients and transition it into a corporate workshop, um, you know, to try and get people motivated and more, well, more hungry to, you know, put their best foot forward and also like get rid of those kind of fears of judgment and that fear of rejection that they've got going on and instead be confident in the work that they do. I mean, I think this is primarily to do with companies where a lot of their employees might be on, uh, you know, base salary plus commission. So if they hustle harder, they get more rewards. I don't think it's going to work as well if it's if people are just cushy living their normal lives, right? So we're trying to transition or like not transition, but we're trying to add that on to our offering. So that's going to be really, really uncomfortable step. So we're in the process of figuring out how that will work. So the next step is going to be to reach out to companies and, you know, to, to pitch our offer. So that'll be a first for us. That'll be a... be going back to corporate. Yeah, back to corporate. <laughs> In a completely different setting. <laughs> in a different light. We'll be on the other side of the table, other side of the trading table. Yeah. But as you know, you probably know through your, through your sales sales game that 
it's the those commission games where you can have where you could see where you are in, and it's actually what's interesting is that those individuals in the who have their base salary with the with the commission are kind of they're rolling it rolling like a like an entrepreneur okay particularly in the in the network marketing and in the coaching space you we've got to be your own salesperson you, you you're selling your own product you've got a, maybe a different connection to the product because you built it but the skill set that you need as an entrepreneur to go sell your product is very similar to the skills that you need as a corporate salesperson or a you know even network marketing or or you know even in the i mean even in a in a startup sales team mm. but it is if you know it's it's all about how do you react or how do you respond to that failure of a sales call that went you know that didn't go the right way or yeah. how do you keep yourself motivated to jump out of bed to uh, to kind of do the grind, right? Do the hard work necessary to get that bonus, get that commission that is going to transform your life. That's going to what? That's going to take you from from living in your one bed apartment to living in your in in I don't know your penthouse suite in 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 Manhattan, <laughs> in London, let's say. Yeah. But uh, yeah. So ultimately, what we what we want to do is lift, and a lot of the, that's a lot of the stuff that we work with our clients on. <laughs> lift that into the sales. The, the corporate sales teams or even the startup sales teams, we run this workshop, we take them through a whole process of um, kind of defining visions and goals and, and kind of those limiting beliefs that can just discreetly climb into your mind and yeah. really kind of discreetly hold you back from taking the action you need to take and, and losing that motivation yeah. to you know, bring your best self to the table every time. Yeah, because also, you know, you think about, let's say in a sales team, there's always more bonuses are always given out to people who are the best, right? And in any kind of um, sales area or team team environment. But it's not always the tactics or the strategies that makes that person the best, right? Because everybody gets the same training. Everybody goes through similar experiences. But what is it that makes one person differ from the other? So we want to try and help people to uncover their own limiting factors and then shatter those so that they can all have their best opportunity to be the best. So then, you know, I mean, I for the for the companies, it's good because we're trying to get everybody else to hustle harder. So yeah. they all ultimately make more money. But individually, it's great because they, you know, they figure out that their minds are are probably the only thing that's holding them back. And if they can be more confident, they can be better at putting themselves forward. Then there we go, right? But they can be the best. Absolutely, they can, they can be the best. And it's as you mentioned in the intro. The uh, all, all about kind of walking into work and feeling unstoppable, feeling yeah. that you can achieve what you put your mind to. And we've had we've had sessions uh, with with people where within just kind of a single hour kind of coaching session, they've kind of broken down into tears and they're just so eager. Yeah. To, I mean, positive tears. Right. Because not that we've just abused them and <laughs> <laughs> bullied them into it, but they're just so they've kind of broken down the barriers of what's been holding them back in whether it be achieving their fitness goals or the sales goals or because ultimately starting a coaching business isn't that difficult it requires you to just put the next step forward yeah. okay it requires you to put yourself speak to people and that's the step that people often miss and they don't know how they, they think they're not going to have know what to say they think they're not don't know whether they're going to be good enough they well, are like why would they listen to me and all exactly that and, and that is Within, so we've basically taken, been through, we've spoken to people, we've taken through this whole journey within a single coaching call where they've just 
broken down all these barriers and just been a different person on the other end, but they feel so empowered off the back of that. So if we can run, even if it's a, you know, lunchtime, lunchtime workshop, or, you know, I mean, imagine what we can achieve in a day with these, with these people. It's, it's, it's quite exciting. So, and I mean, essentially that's our group coaching element, which we, which we really want to build. Have you guys been able to identify a common thread or a common theme in your, in your, um, coaching clients? Uh, you know, what, what do you see most often? Yeah, this is, so we do. And a big one that we often find is like, and this was kind of surprising because one we thought would be really common is like the fear of failure. But one that was even more common was fear of unknown. And they're like, they wouldn't even want to put themselves up for failing because they're like, I don't even know what that looks like. And we're like, uh, what we, you know, for us, that wasn't, that wasn't front of mind because we were, you know, we had built our confidence up in such a way that that wasn't a thing. We were willing to try. We were still afraid of failing, but we're willing to try and fail. But the people we spoke to, a lot of people were just like, you know, I don't even know what to say. Why would someone ever listen to me? And I don't know what the first step is. So we, we, we did a survey on a lot of the clients that we work with, as well as people who we had spoken to, you know, who didn't buy from us and stuff like that as well to be like, uh, you know, what are some things that are holding you back? And the number one thing that came up was that the, the, the fear of unknown or, you know, don't what know is the first start. step? Yeah, yeah, don't know where to start. And that was just the whole thing. And that was a big surprise for us that that became, you know, that became the threat. So now when we speak to our clients, we explore that route as well. It's like, it's not just the, the obvious fears, but this is the total hidden fear that you don't even know. Yeah, ab- absolutely. I'd kind of just add to that as, or maybe like another common thread that we see is often the problems that they, they say at the start or the, the problems they think they have are really the problem that they do have. Yeah. So that's, that's that kind of, we, we play in that world of, if you, it, we play in the world of ignorance almost, right? Ignorance is bliss and it's great. Uh, but if you, if you don't open yourself up to some of these fears or some of these kind of these limiting beliefs as, as, um, you know, as, as, they, as we call them, uh, the self-sabotaging beliefs, if you don't admit that you have them or that you, you know, they, they could be holding you back, then, then we can't work together until, uh, you know, until that happens. Until uh, you're ready to, and often until we'll, you're ready to- exactly. And often we'll do them on the, you know, on the kind of intro calls when we first meet someone, we will explore what their challenges are. And, you know, and if, it, if they don't have them, then, then great. We'll kind of move on or we'll point them in the direction of, of, of the best, you know, best people that can help them. But we will kind of, even just in the, the kind of the intro calls before they've even joined the program, we will uh, kind of explore what the root causes can be of the things that are holding them back, whether it be in their confidence, whether it be in starting their online business or whether it be kind of leveling up their business in, you know, taking their business from the, from, from where, where it is now to kind of the, the next milestone they have. It's interesting. I do a lot of coaching for my team. And one of the fears that I see that sort of um, took me off guard that I, I wasn't really aware of in, until I started this is the fear of success. And it's interesting to me that there are some kick-ass people who just have this inherent fear of success. Sometimes they're aware of it, but most of the time they're not. And it's, you know, people who are chugging along, they're doing great, they're kicking ass. And the next thing you know, they're doing this like super self-sabotaging behavior, getting in their own way and stopping themselves from, you know, even greater success. 
it's it's really an interesting thing yeah i mean it's a really really great point really interesting point we had it a lot in our uh when we were in the fitness world because we'd kind of focus on the mindset element of weight loss and you get a lot of people who are looking to lose weight one of the biggest barriers is that identity right they've always identified as an overweight individual or at, at the, whatever weight they're at and a big part of the work that needs to happen there not only the nutrition and the, and the, the exercise um, and the rest of course but is repositioning or re-sculpting that identity that per that that identity and that's really difficult for someone to admit that they want to or kind of to open themselves up to changing their identity i mean that sounds quite controversial even just saying yeah. but that is kind of similar to what you were saying they were they they couldn't see themselves as being successful yeah so and, they and, and even like work. you know one one person that we had was like she, she was making progress really well and and she had that where she was you know we're getting to a position where other people were recognizing her changes and they were talking to her about it then she started kind of sabotaging it right that she she wouldn't wake up at the right time she sometimes wouldn't do the things and we were like you know what's going on and you're making such amazing progress she's like yeah but you know now now people are are noticing now people are are telling me that i'm doing well so yeah it's that kind of fear of success that comes in and also what we uh, what we realize is like it can sometimes be like really minute as well. So sometimes like the, the example I just gave is quite obvious where you can easily see it. But sometimes even for ourselves, when we were starting out, it was like so small that, you know, what we call like revenue generating activities, right? When you first start out, you're kind of doing a lot of outreach. You're, you're trying to you know, engage people in that way. And part of that was we wouldn't want to outreach sometimes like sub subconsciously because we're like, well, what, what if the conversation starts kicking up? Now we have to spend time talking to that person and potentially have to sell to them. So it's like that fear of like, oh my God, if it goes well, then it's kind of weird. So even in such a small scale, sometimes that can happen. How our listeners get in touch? On Instagram is probably the easiest way because um, we're both active on there. So it's just the Level Up Academy, but LVL Up Academy. And uh, yeah, you just DM us anytime. We will probably respond quite quickly. We're we're not too bad. Sometimes we can be slow. No, we're pretty. You we're know, pretty good. Yeah, we're particularly if someone is, um, you know, if they're asking asking a question, we're pretty good on that. We've got a link in our bio over there as well, which has a bit more information on. Uh, we've got a, a, a page that gives a bit more detail about the the program that we run, and our YouTube channel, which is got also freebies. quite raw. The YouTube channel is just there to be raw, talk, talk about our journey and really just talk about those those trials and tribulations that early entrepreneurs face. And uh, yeah, so we, yeah, really keen to kind of keep it raw. So Instagram is basically the best best way forward. We are starting a, we are building a group on Facebook or at least kind of putting the putting the frameworks framework together. So uh, but that's on a wait, stay list, tuned. wait list stage at the moment. On a wait list stage. But, you know, if you want to be involved, it's going to be an accountability group where we kind of put not only post motivational uh, kind of motivational stuff, but hold people accountable. And uh, yeah, like real accountability, not like, oh, group accountability where yeah. everybody supports each other. It's more like 
you know, you state your goals and then at the end of the week, we will individually check up on each person to make sure that, yeah. you know, what's happening and give that kind of one-on-one uh, -on -one support. Uh, yeah, go, going live, going live regularly for, for Q&As as well. So that's in the pipeline. So if any of your listeners want to get involved, then drop us a DM. We'll add you to the waiting list and, uh, and you know, get you involved as soon as, uh, as soon as it launches. For more information on the Direct AF Sales book or custom dice course or workbook, go on over to directafsales.com. There's going to be a discount code for all the listeners there. It's code directaf20 and grab yours today. Thanks for listening to today's show. Please leave me a review. Make sure you subscribe and even better, share it with a friend so that we can share our message and our content and help as many people as we can. Thanks, guys.